Anna here. Did you know I have another podcast? And did you know it's all about failure? Well, at this point, you'd have to answer yes to both of those questions because I just told you. But my other show isn't just about failure. It's about failing your way to success. Yes, success. Because the most successful people are often just the people who've gotten up the most times after their failures. Don't believe me? Go download Fail Your Way to Success wherever you get your podcasts or go to failyourway.com for more info. Now back to the show. Make no mistake, if you're an author, you're an entrepreneur. You're selling the world on your book, aren't you? Of course, it's not as easy as launching a business and then tossing any old book up on Amazon. That's why I help entrepreneurs publish books on the specific topic and in the specific way that will launch or grow their businesses. Welcome to Entrepreneur Publishing Academy with your professor, Anna David. Welcome to Entrepreneur Publishing Academy with your host, Anna David. Uh, We're brought to you by Book Elevator Pitch. If you want to know what that is, and I know you do, go to bookelevatorpitch.com to find out. Now, today is something I have not done in a very long time, and that is a solo episode. And it is a solo episode where I am going to break down the seven biggest mistakes people make, first-time authors make on their books. And this is what I've determined from watching dozens, if not hundreds of people uh, launch their first book, launching my own books, and uh, just doing these interviews. So the number one biggest mistake first-time authors make is they skimp on the cover design. Now that does not mean you cannot create a pretty amazing cover on Canva. In fact, one of my courses walks you through how to do that. You can create not just an ebook cover, but also a paperback cover. Uh, However, thinking about book covers, it is such a specific, I think the main problem is that people tend to go, oh, I like this cover. This looks really cool to me. My friend made this design. I took this photo, things like that. What authors need to know is that sometimes what you like matters a lot less than what is appropriate for that genre, what is popular right now. Um, I I am not an aesthetics person, so uh, it actually takes a lot it takes a lot of work. I have to force myself to think about the kinds of covers that I want. And it meant that when I was traditionally published, I didn't really have opinions. I didn't love the covers that they did. Um, some a, a couple of them I, I did like, but I didn't really have ideas about what I wanted. And I drive our cover designer crazy sometimes with my with mine like, I don't know, just do what you want kind of a thing. With the re-release of Party Girl, I was very strategic about it. I started to look for at least six months, what covers do I like? What are books that I want this book to be associated with? What do they look like? And I started to notice this trend, which is unsurprisingly, uh, books that covers that looked real good on Instagrams had started to really grow in popularity, which is bright colors that pop. And um, I decided I wanted a cover like that. And I took pictures of covers when I was in bookstores and I gathered them. And it really does 
um, it does require, I feel like that thinking about it is even more important than hiring a cover designer versus not hiring a cover designer. Um, I think that a lot of people will get a bunch of covers, including me, I've done this, and uh, post them in a Facebook group or on Instagram and say, what do you guys think? I've talked about this before, but what Tim Ferriss and James Altucher have done is they have created uh, different book covers and created different web pages and actually done a test where they drive Facebook traffic to uh, both of those and see which tests better because allegedly, and of course, we all know this anecdotally to be true, what people say they like and what they actually click on is different. So uh, I would I would not rely so much on what your buddy says or anything like that. I would really look at what's out there and uh, combine that with what you like. You should have a cover you like. And if you are going to get opinions, do test. I, I do want to, I plan to do this for my next book, just simply uh, to see what that's like, to, to run tests, to like basically fake websites, because um, I want to try it and see if it works. And so we can do it for clients. But um, but I have no experience with that yet. That is the number one mistake. The second most common mistake is not optimizing the book descriptions. Here's the thing about optimizing for keywords. Um, while you don't want to pack a title or a subtitle or a book description with your keyword to the point that it, it sounds terrible, um, you really do want to think about keywords. And I've talked about it many times, but Publishers Rocket, which is, I believe it still costs $99, is the best software for that. It will research what are good keywords for your topic, what are books that are using that keywords, how much are they making a month? I mean, it's a pretty amazing piece of software. And the reason that you want to be keyword optimized is that the top three to four books that come up when people search Amazon by topic are the ones they're most likely to buy. Great keywords are not necessarily, are not the most popular keywords. It is the, the it, they are the keywords that people buy, but the competition isn't too high. Um, with book descriptions, you have 4,000 characters. And um, I like to use as many of those as possible. Um, I definitely can tell the difference between a book description that's professionally written and one that isn't. Um, I also, we, we know all these things now, like uh, Amazon prioritizes bullet points. Bullet points don't make sense in a memoir or um, fiction, but in a how-to book, having bullet points really might make sense. Bold can help. Um, accolades at the top can help. Um, I have, uh, with one of my books, once it had over 150 five-star reviews, I put at the top, in bold, at the very top of the book description, over 150 five-star reviews. Now, Amazon says they don't allow reviews, quotes, or testimonials in the book description, but we've done it a lot and I've never been dinged for it, uh, but I didn't tell you that. Um, yeah, so book descriptions. Use that prime real estate, uh, not just to convince somebody to buy your book, but also for keywords. And in the Amazon Author Central account, you can add so much more to your Amazon book page. You can add a from the back flap, 
from the front flap. So what that that's talking about hardcovers, even if you don't have a hardcover, you could paste, uh, you copy and paste your first chapter or your introduction there. It doesn't actually matter what it is. That is real estate that you can be using. Okay, the number three biggest, third biggest mistake I see people make is not having a why. Why are you doing your book? Again, I'm not talking about fiction and I'm not talking about memoir. That can just be from the heart. You just want to share your story or you want to share a story. If you are doing any sort of a how-to book or if you are an entrepreneur trying to build your business with a book, know what you want that reader to do when they're done. Have a call to action and don't confuse it. Um, if you have, say, a memoir, don't put QR codes in there that lead to your business coaching, unless it's a bizoir, like what I did with Make Your Mess Your Memoir. Anna here. Now, are you an entrepreneur who wants to write and publish a book about your own failures turned successes? Well, good news. That's what my company, Legacy Launchpad, does. Find out more at LegacyLaunchpadPub.com. That's LegacyLaunchpadPub.com. Now, should you do a book, you ask? I think so. Why? Because you're worth it. Now back to the show. You want to know, what do you want people to do when they're done? Do you want them to hire you? Do you, they, do you want them to take your course? Do they want you to give them a review, give you a review? Um, you can tell them you want reviews. Um, at the end of your book, Dave Chesson talks about this in the uh, in the interview I did with him, where he just says, doing a book, is, I, I forget what he writes, but doing a book is a lot of work. It means a lot to me. If you would review it, that would be great. Um, you can actually put a, sp a link directly to, once you have your ASIN number, you can put a link directly to uh, your where they can review right there. Um, so that was number four. Number five biggest mistake, um, slacking on the editing. Now books need many edits. And you need to understand what the different editors do. I've done previous episodes on the difference between a developmental editor and a copy editor and a proofreader. So go back and listen to that if you want to know. But it will need so many eyes on it. That is why we put our books through four edits and that we still find things. Now, be comforted by the fact that huge books from Finnegan's Wake to Harry Potter have been published with typos, but we don't want that for your book. Uh, what, what we do is we have, uh, this is a great time to record your audiobook because you will catch uh, errors and typos as you read. If you're not doing an audiobook or you're not doing it now, then um, there's software that can read the book aloud to you. That will help too. Um, the fifth, are we on five? Oh, you know, I'm not good with numbers. Oh, I think we're on six. No, five. Biggest mistake, a lack of reviews. Now, non-authors do not understand how important these reviews are to us, which is why you have to tell them. And then you have to tell them again. And it's really humbling. And um, here's the thing. Amazon is getting weirder and weirder about approving reviews. By the way, I've been blocked. They literally will not let me review uh, books anymore or anything uh, because I, I did. They have decided I'm shady. Whatever. 
um, the criteria for writing an Amazon review, if you're not me and they allow you to review them, is you have to, the person has to have spent $50 on Amazon. Um, and it is really hard to get them. Um, I talk a lot about uh, advanced reader teams and getting people to read your book ahead of time so that they can uh, post the review right before it launches. Um, but, but you know, I gotta say, I feel like I've worked for every one of my reviews that I've ever gotten. After a while, the, um, you know, people you don't know, of course, start reviewing them, and that is awesome. That's kind of why I like a three or four, two, three star, I don't love a two star review, but a three star review, it's like, oh, my book triggered you. That's kind of flattering and awesome. Uh, I don't want a whole bunch of three star reviews. And I've gotten some really nasty reviews uh, for the record. I even made a video, I'll post it in the show notes, of like the worst reviews I've ever gotten because I kind of thought they were some of them were funny. Um, so uh, there are review sites. Uh, there's a site called Pubby where you can review someone's book in exchange for them reviewing your book. I checked it out because I wanted to see if it was good for clients. And I found it pretty annoying. I mean, basically, the person's not really reading your book and you're not really reading theirs. And so it doesn't read like a real review and it kind of felt soulless and empty. That being said, look, it's a way to get books. Uh, it's a way to get reviews. It costs $12 a month. Uh, so there's that. Um, but, you know, the reality is, Reviews pretty much do not help with sales, but they are the best social proof that exists. Um, and the rough statistic is that out of every 100 sales, expect one to two reviews. So people just don't organically do this. So you gotta, um, you gotta push them. Um, as I mentioned before, you can create a special link in your book that connects your review section. I will put the link to how to do that in the book because it's really long and unwieldy. And your advanced reader teams, they will flake half the time. Half of them will uh, flake. And so the best results you're going to get is if you're sending out group emails, start following up individually. And um, people have the best of intentions, the people who love you, and still uh, some will flake. Um, there is uh, There are sites that I have not tried out that... Um, you know, you can get reviews. Some of them are really expensive. Uh, there's one one I found, the self-publishing review, five reviews for 300 bucks, $60 a review. But then I just stumbled across something called Hidden Gems Books. And it looks like you can get reviews uh, very reasonable, like $3 a review or something like that of people who are really reading your book and reviewing it. Okay. Number six mistake I see people make is they don't understand that in a how-to book, the readers don't care about you. They don't, they don't. So, so, um, and it's a lot like sort of like doing a keynote. You want to make it about the, the person and not you. So even if it's phrase, you know, it's getting rid of, you know, you could even go through your book, your how-to book. And when you say, I, me, me, I, whatever, uh, change it more to use. Um, even if you're saying the same thing, you can turn it around. You can say like, instead of I experienced this, you can say, imagine this, you're doing this thing and this thing happens. So, Similarly, don't tell them how great you are. Let them conclude that you're serving them and not you. And finally, 
The seventh most common mistake I see first-time authors make is they listen to people who don't know what is going on. Um, I have seen it so many times. Non-writers or editors will somehow find their inner editor or writer coming out so that they can give notes uh, when a book is done to a first-time author. Now, reader feedback from your target readers is great when you are in the conceptualizing process. I'm doing it with the book I'm writing right now. But once a book is done, giving it to friends who are not making a living as editors or writers, it will steer you wrong. So that's it. The seven biggest mistakes I see first-time authors make. If you want the show notes, you can get the, all the links I talked about and uh, and remember these things so that you don't make those mistakes yourself. Just go to LegacyLaunchpadPub.com slash blog slash mistakes. And I will talk to you next week. Thanks for joining me this week on Entrepreneur Publishing Academy with Anna David. For more info about the show, go to entrepreneurpublishing.academy where you can get links to show notes and subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google, and all the other places. Speaking of those places, if you got anything out of this show, I can't tell you how much I'd appreciate a rating on iTunes. And please... Don't forget you can tell an author or entrepreneur friend about the show. Another forget-me-not, my company Legacy Launchpad Publishing is available to help industry leaders and those with stories to share at any stage in their publishing journeys, whether that's writing, editing, or publishing. Just go to LegacyLaunchpadPub.com to find out more. And be sure to tune in next week for next week's episode. You know, if you subscribe, you never have to worry about missing one.